0: listening to the mushroom society series on the coaching coordinator podcast what is the mushroom society the mushroom society was established years ago by a group of professional offensive line coaches the mushroom logo signifies the similarity between the o-line coach and the fungus both are kept in the dark and fed garbage yet continue to flourish Joining us all season long will be Bob Wiley, one of the original members of the Mushroom Society, and we hope to give you everything that you need to help your offensive line develop and you develop as a coach throughout this season. Here's this week's episode.
1: That's how you are going to get better, and then you're going to take that to the field. You know, I, I remember Coach Paul Brown used to say, you gentlemen, you've got to get it from the block to chalkboard, you you've got to get it from the chalkboard to the grass. You've got to get it from the chalkboard to the grass. That's where it pounds on the grass. You've got to be able to do that as a coach. Well, same thing with the players. The players have got to take it from the chalkboard and get it to the grass and make it work.
0: We're getting into, for college football, week zero of the season. Some high school seasons have started already. I know Alaska started a while ago because they got to get done before it gets crazy cold there. But we're coming up on the season and getting into the full season for everybody. And today we're going to focus on that transition, though, from camp into the season. And I think some of the things we talk about here will matter whether you've just started or you're getting to start. Early season ideas and how you really transition your team into the season. And joining me to discuss this and put a focus on the offensive line side of things is Coach Bob Wiley. Coach... Always great to talk ball with you.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it, Keith. I know uh, it's it's wonderful to share ideas and information. So, you know, maybe somebody picks up one or two things that they can use or didn't understand and I'll know better or just reinforce some of the stuff that they already do or have done.
0: It seems pretty basic, like, okay, the season's going to start and we're going to start our practices here. But there's, there's a lot of considerations to make. And moving from that period where – the focus really was on learning and uh, making sure they were getting their fundamental square and now really putting an opponent to it, putting this in context. We've got somebody here at the end of the week who's going to do certain things against us and we have to prepare for that. So the focus does change in practice, the mentality changes, et cetera. So for you, coming out of a camp, heading into, you know, and, and for you, a, a lot of this has been at the professional level. So heading into that week one, what are the main things you're looking at in a in a change up to your guy's routine that's gonna set them up for success for the season?
1: Well we try to we try to flow into that as it gets towards the end of training camp. I mean we start training camp and we you know now we can go against the defense now we can hit people you know what I mean things you couldn't do in oTAs you know what I mean so now you're starting to put the the technique and the stuff that you've learned in oTAs and you're starting to use it against your defense. And then all of a sudden you come up on the first preseason game, and all you really do is you give the kids a list of plays and say, "Hey, these are the plays we're going to run," because everybody's going to do something fundamentally sound. You just want the kids to play when they first we first stop. There's not going to be any exotic places you're trying to pick up or, or those type of things, okay? And then you get into the second week, and now you're going to get you're going to give them a little bit more, maybe give them a few drawings, you know, you know, but it's not a full game plan, I mean. Uh, now you're starting to make the cuts, and the team's starting to get smaller. So just now you're still going to prepare, you're going to go play another preseason game It's not a full game plan. And then when they finally get down to the roster, or, or very close to the roster, you used to have four preseason games, Now there's only three. You're going to take one of those preseason weeks, and you're going to put together a full game plan. You're going to put together, you're going to have the cut-ups, you're going to have all the pitches drawn. You're going to have offensive and defensive meetings. You're going to have game plan meetings where you got a one team that puts together the one game plan. you got a pass team that puts together the pass game plan. you got a protection team that does the protections and makes sure everything starts to fit. They're going to write it up. They're going to put in a book. They're going to put the tabs in there. They're going to put the personnel that you're going to see. uh, Any history they got on the personnel that they're playing against, I mean, it's going to be a full game plan because the practice is not only for the players. The players, you know what I mean? They're just coming to practice, okay? They're practicing the same plays, probably, that they've done all camp. But the thing is, it's for the coaches. The coaches have to go through that process of putting a full game plan together. What we're going to put in it, how much we're going to give them, where it's going to be to focus on formations this week and personnel changes, motions, shifts, those type of things that you've already taught the players, but now you're going to use them for real. So that all has to be discussed. It has to be talked about. It has to be written up, drawn. Now, some teams don't even use hard copies anymore. Some teams just put them, like they send it to their iPads and they study off of their iPads and stuff. I always like the hard copies like, because I like to write on it and stuff like that there. But whatever they do it to the players, they're putting together a full game plan. Right, they gotta practice that. The players have to practice that because they're practicing now of what they're gonna see for real from a from an opponent that, you know, maybe the first game of the season. it's the last preseason game, but they're doing everything for preparation wise that they're gonna do for the first game of the season. Now I'm not saying the plays are gonna be in it, right. but the concepts and the philosophy and the structure and the meeting times and everything they're going to do the next week for the first week of the season, they're doing it the week before that. Some teams do it two weeks before. I remember one time with Cleveland, we did full game plans. That's first she there, We did full game plans for the preseason. All four games. Yeah. And we won all four games. We were 4-0. and <laughs> And we didn't win a game during the course of the season. Preseason world <laughs> champs <chance> there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it really, you know, it, the practice is good for the coaches to do that, but I don't think you needed to do it all four weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the last week of the preseason is a time, maybe the second to the last week, you know, you you start the you start the process, right? And then the, the last week of the game, you give them the full game plan, right? And then that, that kind of propelled you into the first week of the season. Yeah. You know, they know what time they have to come in. They know that the special teams are going to meet first. They know that there's going to be an offensive meeting and then uh, a short special teams meeting early. And then that's going to lead into a team meeting. Then after the team meeting, there's a special teams meeting. And then if you're if, if my guys were involved in a special teams meeting for field goal or something, it only took a few minutes, right? And then we left and we broke down to our position meetings. And then we started with the position meetings, giving them the game plan. Okay, these are the plays, guys. These are the fronts we're going to see. And this is how we're going to attack them. These are the things you need to know. These are the blitzes. This is how we're going to prepare to protect the quarterback. So that was all done. That whole process was really done the week before. You're just taking that process and you're carrying it over to the first week of the season against an opponent that counts.
0: Now, Coach, I know... You, You want to... Go ahead because I know you're you're working with a local team there some high school coaches helping them out uh, helping them look at things so uh, and I, I believe earlier this week you said they had a scrimmage so uh, they're not even into week one yet but they're getting there so how does this break down for them how uh, from a high school coach perspective you know guys who are Probably teachers as well, and you don't have your players there all day, so you don't have necessarily all that time, but how are you going to get that practice as the coaches to do this, as well as how do you start transitioning your players into the season?
1: The preparation time for the coaches is about the same as the pro coaches interesting, but the meeting time with the players that's where the difference comes, yeah, you know what I mean' Cause you could keep them you could keep them on the field like, say, two and a half hours, that's just about the same time as the pro guys keep their players on the field. But what they don't have is they don't have the two- or three-hour meeting before they go to the field. And then they don't have the one, two-hour meeting after practice to show them the practice for that day. So they have to fit all that stuff in in the time that's allowed it to them, either before they go to practice or early in the morning. Yeah. Is that? Does that make sense to yeah, you, guys? Yeah,
0: a lot of those teams are going to, and, and there's states who have the athletic period, like Texas, as an example, but there's a lot of states going to that where you have that time where the athletes either can do their workouts or you can uh, meet with your team, go over what you need to. I mean, for, for a high school guy, and, you know, thinking back to my high school days, is is always about where can you steal some of that time, right? When when does that quarterback have study hall so you could spend 15 minutes with them and go over something right or w- whatever it might be uh, looking for those common times and and you're right it is the meeting time that's the difference And looking at things and you have the ability I know you you stay involved with really all levels of football the high school level what things do you see that a lot of coaches just don't take advantage of, whether it's uh, something in, in their game planning, something in how they're drilling their players, and again, we're talking specifically offensive line, things that just take a little bit more in the thought process, maybe of the coach, to be able to have an advantage there because they're like they're not taking advantage of everything they can.
1: I think the kids, or I, I call them, are our kids, right? I don't think they know how to study film and look at film. And I don't think that they get to see enough film with their coach to understand exactly. They're trying to look at film by themselves and put it together. And they're only 16, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, right? They don't know how to look at that. They, they have to be, you're going to take it. Anytime you've got to take advantage to meet with them and show them the film, you get better because, you see yourself play. You don't get better. You know, if you're standing by me or standing by your coach, you're not getting any better. You got to go out there and play and then you got to see yourself play. Right? Somehow you got to find time to see yourself play and then the coach has to find time to explain the mistakes that you be making when you're watching yourself play. It's very hard to coach the guys and not get them you know, not, because I've been spoiled. You know what I mean? So I try to find time to make them see themselves play. And especially the kids that are servicing the defense. Because in high school and college football, you got service teams. They take a team and they send it down to the defense. Right? They take a high school, a second team offense, you go down to the first team defense. Second team defense, you're going to go down with the first team offense. Okay? Well, those kids that are playing on that first and the second teams that when do they get to see themselves, right? Because they're meeting as an offense and the defense is meeting as a defense. And those guys that are number two never get to see themselves. So they have to understand that they need to find time to look at that tape. If you're the second team offensive lineman and you went down and you service the defense, well, you better go get that defensive locker, that defensive film thing. And you better sit down and watch yourself. Whoa, well, wow, I missed that guy. I was supposed to block that guy, right? Oh, well, I'm taking a long footwork here. And it's really better if you have a coach with you to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think the success, not so much that we the wins and losses that we had at Cleveland, but the success up front, you know, we were tenth one year my first year there, and then we were number two the second year there, and now Callahan's got him to number one. But we had a plan that those second team guys they were going to look at that film with a coach, with my assistant. So when I left the room after I got done with the first group, right, then he took over with the second group, put the defensive film up there, and he went through what the the right things and the wrong things they did with those guys and what they need to practice with. That's how they're gonna get better. And then you're gonna take that to the field. You know, I, I remember Coach Paul Brown used to say, hey, gentlemen, you gotta get it from the block to truck, He's called the truck board you got to get it from the chalkboard to the grass. You've got to get it from the chalkboard to the grass. That's where it counts on the grass. You've got to be able to do that as a coach. Well, it's the same thing with the players. The players have got to take it from the chalkboard and get it to the grass and make it work.
0: With what you're saying there, Coach, the opportunity there, You know, we talked about how important it was for coaches to practice the game planning process. Well, you know, with those younger players, you also have younger coaches, your JV coaches on your staff who normally – Take a back seat to talking players through the film and working on it. That's an art in itself, and being able to communicate what you're seeing and and see those things and take that lead role and asking players questions. I mean, how do you get better at that as a coach? Well, take that opportunity to take those guys who are running scout team, take that practice film and and go over it with them. I mean, I, I believe you know in today's day and age, there's a way to get film. You take an iPad out, you take a phone, whatever it might be there's a, there's a way to get film you don't have to necessarily have a, you know the the best end zone towers or people you know positioned all over the field there's a way to get film of what you're doing and those players you know you think about it's not easy being a JV player right you think think about that as growing up and you being a JV player kind of kind of sucked except for saturday mornings right yeah. everything's directed yeah. towards the varsity you don't you know nobody's watching film with you nobody's breaking it down etc but now you take that that coach who's getting work now. Those players are getting work, and now they feel more valuable in your program. So overall, the the culture of the team is getting strengthened as well. I think there's just huge benefits to looking at it that way.
1: Right, and and the, and the more that player feels coached, right, the more he can see himself getting better. And just like you just mentioned, the more camaraderie, the more togetherness, the more cohesiveness that that all plays a part in it. You, you know, it's one beat. you got 85 night. I mean, I've been schools, they don't have 120 kids out there or more. I mean, I, it, they get players. There's some schools have 4,000 kids. This used to drive me crazy. I said, why aren't we videoing that drill over there? Well, we don't have anybody to video it. There's 4,000 kids in the school. Yeah. You mean to tell me out of 4,000 you can't find a couple extra guys that are going to help out and spend two hours in an afternoon, video certain drills that you want video. They don't even need to stay there the whole practice. Just what do you need? Video. Video it, and they can go. So sometimes you got to go search, do a little extra work, and get those, those video guys that are just as important as your left tackle. God, people don't understand that sometimes. Those guys are worth their weight in goal. I know in the NFL, you got good video guys, you don't know how how that affects the coaches, boy, it's really good. You know, I know when I was at the Browns, that staff of video was really, really good. And they got I like six guys working in video, right? And if I have a problem in my meeting room, those guys are down there in less than a minute, two minutes. They're down there. They're fixing the problem. I can, you know, pick up, like I got a number one on the speed dial in my meeting room. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the phone and push the button and say, Rob, I got a problem. I can't get this video to go. We'll be right there, coach. Right, Thanks. Somebody shows up real quick. Right, So they're not going to leave the coaches without video. And when they leave at night, they go to every coach, right, and they go, everything okay? You guys have everything you need? Any problems? No. And then they always leave one guy in a building when the coaches are there. The rest of the guys can go home, but one guy stays. Just in case you have a problem. High schools don't have that money. They don't have that way to hook up to do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, they don't. We've had coaches on the, the podcast, high school coaches, talk about building their operations team, which, you know, for them consists of, of guys doing videos, social media, all those things. We even had one of those guys from uh uh High school in Connecticut. I was, I believe, he's in college now, and I think he's doing the same type of stuff in college. But this kid, man, I was so impressed with him because he ran the operations and he took ownership in it. Had his own little team involved in. And I agree, kid. There's kids in the school who would want to be a part of this. All you have to do is open the door. Certainly going to have to have a little bit of training for them. I'm sure, coach. You know, you've you've had. Those times in, in coaching the lower levels where somebody decides they're going to move the camera with the ball, and you don't see what's happening with your guys, or you know guys <laughs> yeah. are cut out of the video. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to to uh, to break down a film by where's where's the safety? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, where's the shadow? Right? So a shadows showing up in the film, but there there certainly is some training to it. But there's those people who will help you today, and it it's easy. There's really no excuse, right? It's not like you have to go out and buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment to get it done. You you have a lot of what you need, just right there on a phone or an iPad.
1: Right. The another thing in the off season, right? A lot of, you know there's 32 NFL teams. Okay. Now is I, there's a lot of high schools, but if if you're around an NFL team in the off season. Those guys will help you out. You can call up those guys, right? The video guys, the trainers, right? And say, hey, can we come in and talk to you? Give us a help. for?" And those guys love to do that. They, If they got time, they love to share the information that they have with you. Because that helps the community for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, hey, look, I went over to the Patriots, and those guys spent a couple hours with me. But I got some great ideas. right?" And, they, and now you can start building your own little video department, you know? Get them get a, a room and get the computers up set up in there, and get the cameras and you know what I mean? And there's, you know the NFL, people I, I don't think people use it enough. okay? The NFL has grants that, that you can get from them for some money that you may need to do things. I mean, they've built sure fields for put up lights on fields, and they've done some really wonderful things across yes. the country. and you can get some money to start your own little video department and have it just the way you want. Mm-hmm. And i 'm really quite sure there's people that are into the, in, into those video stuff that those tech those tech guys that like to work with computers and stuff they would love to do that. Yep. You could have a whole team of them, like you were saying. you get the sideline done, you get end zones done. you can get each end zone like I think Kansas City does that i 'm not exactly sure I think a lot of teams do it, but right what you go to a the game, they got cameras in each end zone. You get the offense and the defense when they cut up the film. So, all I look at is the back of the offense. Right. I don't have to look through the back of the defense to see the offensive line, which is really good. There's ways to do that.
0: Well, there's ways to do it at the high school level within your own conference. I'll, I'll watch a high school game and see both guys, you know, both teams' camera guys setting up in the same end zone. I mean, hey, a little communication with the other coach. Hey, why don't we set up opposite ends and we'll just exchange that game film. You'll be able to see from behind on both sides. I mean, it, just a little, you know, working together with people. I mean, the game's already played. It's not like it's there's going to be an advantage in, in giving somebody else your film, et cetera. So, you know, work those things out. I think there's a just a lot of a lot that we leave on the table and we take for granted and and think it's only available to those highest levels and and we can do them i mean i I learned early on film practice i was doing it at the high school level individual drills and something that's come up time and time again here too you know individual drills when when you're coaching them too you got a chance if you got that audio on to critique yourself too what are you saying what, what are your coaching cues? Are you you're telling them the right things, et cetera? It's, it's, it's not only an opportunity for that player. The coach can get better as well.
1: Exactly. I know watching some of the guys that I watch, if I'm telling a left tackle something, I learned early on in my career, i got to make sure that I say it loud enough or i got to make sure that the right tackle comes over and he listens to what I'm telling a left tackle because he's got to know that. I see more guys just walk up and talk to one person. You know what I mean? Well, the guy on the other side, the information you are giving that one guy, he may need that someday. He may need it that day. I coach this guy, but make sure the other guy gets the information. Get him around what you're telling them, Or say it loud enough so they all can hear it, not just one guy. I remember at the Browns, I'm just going to give you because, you know, we're up in Cleveland, Okay. And Joe Thomas, I love him dearly I, I he's wonderful, and he's sitting in the- in the meeting the way my meeting rooms were set up, conference style, right, so I got the center, right guard, left guard, left tackle, right tackle, and so then, after that, they just throw in and around the table. so Joe was leaning over, and he was talking to one of the rookie tackles, and it was just seeing a rookie tackle talking back and forth, you know, and Joe's trying to help him, right, so I stopped the meeting I said, Joe, look." I don't mind you talking and helping the kid, but if we're going to do this, I want you to say it loud enough so everybody hears it. I want everybody in the room to hear you, okay because you've got information that you can give them right that maybe some of the other kids can use so it's the same thing as a coach right if I'm talking to this guy, I've got to make sure the other guys hear it because they may need it you know somewhere along the line, and you can see yourself. And drill tapes. The other thing is the guys that are doing it, don't request your drill to be videoed if right you're not gonna watch it or you're not gonna show it to the kids. Okay, don't do that. You're wasting that guy's time. Now if you're gonna take the individual and you're gonna watch it every day and you're gonna show some of it to the players, fine. If you've got individual shot and then you never watch it, that's bad. That don't put that Video department, right through that. Okay, they somebody else could use the camera and another drill some other place. That was always a little pet peeve for me. You know, what I mean, guys, you get getting all this stuff video when you have time to watch it. Because as coaches, we only have time to watch so much film, it's, it's not like you know, we're restricted because we we have to get film watched, so now we got to pick out what's important to us to show them. And I think this is. For every coach out there, players don't care how much you know, guys. They don't. They care how much you care. That's one of the pet peeves. But this is important. Listen to this and write it down. What you don't tell them is just as important as what you do tell them. That's just as important. Because if I I try to give a young-looking tackle everything I know, I'm going to mess that kid up. I'm going to really mess that kid up because he don't need to know all that. He doesn't. He just needs to know what he needs to know for that day. So I can make him just a little bit better. If I try to make them Hall of Fame level in one day, I'm going to mess that kid up. So coaches, it's what you don't tell them. That's just as important as what you do tell them. Now to get back to the original, the transition, how you you transition over into the first game week? Well, the guys in the pros have a lot of other things to worry about. They got to go find places to live. They got to move out of the hotel. A lot of guys are staying in a hotel now, right? The team's paying for them to stay on the hotel, Now, all of a sudden the team stops paying. So now all those other guys they got to go transition. They got to go find apartments, condos. They got to maybe they're going to buy a house. You know, if you're a first round draft pick and they paid you thirty five million dollars. They're probably going to be there a while, okay? So you got to go out and start looking to buy a house someplace. and So you've got that, those transitional things that the players have to go through. Plus, they're going through the time changes of how to meet and when they're meeting that's different than when they were in training camp. Training camp, some days you've got two practices. Well, you're not going to have that during the season. Right. You're only going to have one, okay? And only one of them is going to have pads on. That's another crazy thing. you got 14 days with pads. you got 17 games. Now, maybe they made it 15. No, I don't know. Okay, but when I was in there, you had 16 games, but you only could put the pads on 14 times. So they got all those transition days. Some teams will practice with no pads on Wednesdays because Wednesdays is when you get all the mistakes because you just put in the game plan. Now they're going go to go onto the field. You're going to go through the walkthrough stuff, and then you are going to go practice it. And it always doesn't look good on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, it's ugly. Yes. And then Thursdays, now they got time to study it on Wednesday nights. So on Thursdays, when the Thursdays practice are always better, cleaner, you know, sharper-looking practices than the Wednesday practice. So I'm not so sure you don't put the pads on them on Thursday when it's going to look better with the pads on and the plays. Oh, I don't know how many teams are doing that now, just keeping the pads on Wednesdays. I'm not sure about that. And then Friday, they have the whole game plan. That's your most important day. What you didn't get in training camp, Friday, you have everything. You have base runs, base passes. You have nickel runs, nickel passes. You have short yardage, red zone, goal line. You have tight red zone. You have the two-minute offense. You have the four-minute offense. You have, I mean, there's a whole mess of things that you've got, everything's in on Friday. So Friday afternoon, what you didn't have in training camp is a transition because that's, but the offensive line that's when those guys get together as a group and they stay in there they go down the cafeteria they bring their food in they any snacks that they want and now they start from page one and they go through hey this is the first one that's what we're running against this is what I'm gonna do right and you got somebody usually it's the center like I had Joe Thomas which he did it and then JC Triller did it and they would go through the whole game plan they'd spend two hours in there going through the game plan Making sure that they were on the same page on what they saw. They didn't have that in training camp. That's a transition that they have to go through to learn how to do that. The transition, when we started the conversation, should have spotted a week, maybe more, before they get to the game week. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then it's a little easier the transition because the number of plays that they gave you in training camp is cut down drastically for the game. Remember, they're putting the whole offense in. They're putting the whole offense in training camp. They're going to try to get it in there somehow. Whether that's right or wrong, that's what they do. So now, that book is three or four inches thick, all that stuff that's in that thing, right? Right, So now when you get the game week, they're not going to know. They're going to just pick out plays that they think or they feel are going to put their offense, get their strongest guy on the other team's weakest defender and attack it that way. Or they may say, hey, we're going to run into the boundaries. Well, there's no boundaries because it's an even field. But we're going to run to the one technique or we're going to run to the three or we're going to run away from the safety. Right? But if we've got a fullback in the game, we can run to the safety because we got to block a full or You know, they are going to so, they narrow stuff down, fewer plays, but they give you the specifics of what they're trying to do. I think that process needs to stop before you actually get to the game week. Yeah. Okay. But in game week, the process, the times are different, the meeting times are different, the practices are a little different because now you're doing specifically the details that need to go into the play so, it, so you can execute it properly on, on game day. You know, Coach Brown used to say, it's not the plays, guys. Guys, it's not the plays. It's the detail that you put into the play that makes the play work. It's not that you're going to run an inside zone play. Everybody in a national football league runs an inside zone play they all do that that's not the it's not the play it's the detail that you coach into running that play whether it's the formations motion shifts or it's the depth of the back it's alignment splits whether they're in the gun or under the center i mean all the little details have to go in so you can run that play properly it's not that Hey, we're gonna run the inside zone this. We got—we used to call it 16. We're gonna
0: run 16.
1: Yeah. Well, I got news for you. Right? There's 31 other teams that are running 16 also. <laughs> Who coaches it the best?
0: Coach, I certainly enjoyed the conversation here, and as, as we talked about, we're gonna visit throughout the season here and talk some ball and some talk about some things that coaches could use in season uh, and, and learn and keep growing during the season. It's not a. A time that you just step away from that—it's always an opportunity to learn and grow as a coach too. So, we'll continue this conversation, and I certainly appreciate your time.
1: Oh, I enjoy it. I really enjoy sharing information. You know, what coaches—I think sometimes forget—somebody helped me. I spent 36 plus years in pro football between the NFL and the CFL. I didn't get there by myself. I, mean, I started coaching Pop Warner football and junior high school football and high school football and college, football, football, you know, somebody helped me every step of the way. I needed somebody to go to and talk football with. I needed to go to the clinics. I need to visit other high schools, right? I need to talk to other coaches. You know, I need to go to different colleges and visit and go to different clinics. And then when I got to pro football, very few people, but the offensive line coaches, we talk all the time because we have nobody else to talk to, but ourselves, <laughs> there's only 32 of us. So we Share ideas. The only thing we don't tell each other is what we're not going to tell you what the audible system is. We're not going to tell you what the snap counts are. You know, we're not going to give you any of that stuff. You know, but we'll exchange ideas on how to run sixteen. You know, do we want to go flat? Do we want to go take a lead step? You know, do we do we need a high leg in it? The different way we're going to leave the line of scrimmage versus what we see where the defender lines up. There's no secrets there. That's why you talk about the cool clinic. Every cool clinic. Well, we got, we got one coach. We had almost 800 coaches one year, right? Then we had 600 coaches. In person, you get 400 or better, right? They're looking, they're exchanging ideas. We're the only position that does that. No other position does that. You want to get better? I got this quote from Jerry Rice. You want to get a little better? Because I, when I was with the Bears, we played the 49ers, so I get dressed early. I go down to the field, and I talk to my buddies that coach at the 49ers. Right, And I go around and I pick out some players to talk to from the other team. Okay, So I caught up Jerry Rice. Right, And I said, Jerry. I said, when well, you say, hey, Coach, how you doing? He's a real nice guy. I, I said, you know, when this is all said and done, you're going to be one of the premier players ever to play the spot. You'll probably be in a Hall of Fame first ballot. All those things that you've accomplished. I, how do you prepare yourself? What's your, what's your thought process that you go through? And he looked at me and he said, Coach, you want to get a little better? Work a little harder. Not only for a player, but the coaches have to do the same thing. You want to get a little better as a coach? Well, then you better work a little harder at it. Players, you guys want to get a little better? Then work a little harder. You know, stay after practice. Take 10 more pass sets. It's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? But it's going to make you better. You know, Coach, spend another hour looking at film." pick the phone up and talk football with somebody on the other side of the country, right? You go, if you want to get better, work a little harder.
0: Absolutely.
1: It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. Just just going to have the passion and the want to, to get it done.
0: Yep. Great stuff, Coach. And as always, great talking with you. And we'll chat again next week. All right, Keith. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Be sure to check out the Cool Clinic channel on CoachTube. It's at coachtube.com slash coolclinic. I'll put the link in the show notes. Check out our playlist with all speakers from the past Cool Clinic. And a new course was released from the clinic if you did not see the clinic. But you're looking for answers for Sims, Creepers, Fire Zones. Kyle Kasky covered it in detail. It's an excellent one. And it's all chaptered for you the day of the dvd is over we always get questions are you going to have the dvds everything's over on coach digitally and you're going to find uh here soon there'll be more all the past cool clinics all those dvds have been digitized and you'll be able to find those on coach as well in the cool clinic membership more news coming on that soon good luck this week and we'll talk to you next week on the mushroom society series on the coaching coordinator podcast